Hey everybody, Patreon supporter Patrick Shaw here from Off The Rails TCG, and you are listening to the Instant Speed Podcast here on 983 Media, and one of the catchiest damn intro songs in podcasting. Now hit the music. This is the Instant Speed Podcast, episode number 86. Our guest today is Jordan Kennedy. And as always, this episode is brought to you by Kayfabe Cards. You can go to kayfabecards.com. Let's get to the facts, ladies and gentlemen. And I had to actually re-record this. It is currently 6.19 p.m. on June 6th. And when I originally recorded this about half an hour ago, hey, the Living Legend status points were not updated on the website, so there was this big confusion whether Briar had hit Living Legend or not. Well, I can come here to confirm that she has attained 998 Living Legend points, essentially as close as you can get to 1,000 without going over. She, it's the ultimate Price is Right scenario as Briar is at 998 and she will survive um, uh, um, unless she wins. I believe there's a battle hard. I could be wrong or a calling that's happening. Nonetheless, Briar not quite there yet. But a new card has been released from Dust Till Dawn. This one revealed by Nathan Crawford. It is Anthem of Spring. It's an Earth card of blue that has the Unity effect and creates embodiment of Earth when it has the Unity online. This just reeks of what Nathan Crawford did, which was turn Briar into a potential fatigue deck. So have at it. Well, War of the Monarch is happening between July 7th to 9th to celebrate the release of Dust Till Dawn. And given the fact that Dust Till Dawn is not a draftable set, they are doing a Monarch draft pre-release to celebrate. I'm into it. I like it. Monarch's pretty rad. They're going to really focus on the light versus shadow aspect of Flesh and Blood. And we're going to get some cool prizes, such as what you see here, which is the Extended Art Herald, a Herald of Triumph, if I'm not mistaken, as well as a Cold Foil Prism and Vincent. So lots of cool stuff for you to go ahead and score. You can go to fabtcg.com events. Check out where you can get the Dust Till Dawn pre-released event. Finally, I want to tell you, who is the winner of this card? This wonderful signed by the artist, Extended Art Thunderquake. The uh, contest was on the Twitter page, at Instant Speed Pod. Many entrants, so I want to say congratulations to Alexandra Shaw, at Alex Unlocked on Twitter. Alexandra, you can DM me on Discord, on Twitter, or uh, however else you want to reach out. Let me know how I can get this card out to you, and I want to thank everybody for really making this podcast what it was. You know, going past the 50,000 clicks and views and 100,000 views, all that other stuff, it really means a lot to me. But we've got Jordan Kennedy on the show where we talk Cube. Do you know Cube as a format? We talk about how to enjoy events as a non-competitor, as well as his latest project, the Opossum Papers. All that and more on ISP86. This episode of Instant Speed Podcast is brought to you by Kayfabe Cards. Located in Utah, Kayfabe Cards is a smart choice for all of your flesh and blood needs. Prepare for the battles you'll face through the world of Wraith by gearing up at kayfabecards.com. That's K-A-Y-F-A-B-E-C-A-R-D-S dot com and get all of the cards shipped directly to your door. 
Hey, if Magic or Pokemon is your jam, they've got you covered. Kayfabe Cards has a plethora of TCG options, sealed products, and singles to keep you collecting and keep you competitive. Kayfabe Cards, be who you want to be. The Instant Speed Podcast welcomes back, actually, one of the former hosts of Flesh and Pod, as well as the author of the Opossum Papers and one of the biggest champions of the Cube format. That would be Jordan Kennedy, who, um, whether you like it or not, Jordan, you are my legal counsel in most options. And and it's funny because like oftentimes when I'll I'll have a really stupid idea, I, w- I would like approach you and say, legally, I should drink this beer, right? Or something along those lines. And you'll just be like, yes, it's my professional opinion. That's correct. Yeah, that's that's right. Well, and, and so you are like everyone else where you preface every legal question with this isn't a legal question. I don't want legal advice, but insert legal question. And so yeah. just know that you are not alone. That is that does just come with the territory. Mm-hmm. And like um, I've saying that for every little legal beagle listening to your show that like it happens to all of us friends. I you would imagine. That. I mean, why would yeah. I go down the route of actually paying somebody when you're right there to answer all the questions about, right? like for example, you know, what are my tenants rights here in this borough of, of Ontario that I live yeah, in? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, me in Ohio, I know all about the specific borough of Ontario you mm-hmm. live in. I completely yeah, I, agree. Yeah, I'm sure it's very akin to Ohio because yeah. America and Canada have very similar ideals about how to treat their people. And uh, I'm sure I'm sure that we're the same. We're the same in every other regard, like healthcare mm-hmm. and poverty rights and everything else. So if you do it, we do it. Right. That please? is true. Can I mean, please? the one thing that I would say that Canada lags behind the United States in is uh, truck nuts per capita. I think that's probably oh, we do excel there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we just learned that you don't know what a you didn't know what a cowtail was. That's so correct. You lack cowtails per gas station. Uh, that is also um, true. Um, typically, at gas stations, we sell uh, gas uh, for your automobile. Mm, yeah, that's that's just no the, the second thing you get at a gas station. That like uh, when I learned what where where, where did you take me? Uh, sheets. We took sheets. You sheets. Yeah. Yeah. They had everything there. It was ins- it was unreal, unreal that I can go there. Tack on 1,500 calories like nobody's business, gas up my Humvee, and then go and invade some Middle Eastern country. Like, it was incredible. Like, they had maps. They're like, here you go. Here's all there. Yeah. They're like, here here it is. It's all in one. Here's the the map to all the oil fields of Iraq. I was like, oh, incredible. What did you get that you were like, Cookies and scream M&Ms. That's right. They are still on my Gosh dang mind. I so they, we don't have them here. First of all, you go to a Target, a Walmart, or anything in the United States, there's like an entire aisle dedicated. There's easily like 10 meters or yards of of just M&Ms on shelves. Here, it's like, yeah, you got peanut, you got plain. Yeah, maybe we'll throw you like a caramel oh, one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, we have a plethora. Yeah, I think you said something very funny at the time. You were like, you know, your scientists could be solving world hunger, but instead they're making cookies and scream M&Ms. That is it's correct. Like, gosh darn right they are. Well, okay. <laughs> God bless you all. Um, but yeah, uh, this all just kind of fell off the rails here. But I was going to eventually ask you, I'm like, let's say hypothetically, I've got somebody um, in a sharpshooter and they so happen, yeah. they so happen to die. Murder one, murder two, manslaughter. Like, what's the what's the thing here? Like, in case they got you carried know, away. You know, I don't I it depends who you're sharpshooting. If, if you're sharpshooting 
any random old friend of ours, it's probably fine. Everybody will look the other way, sure. you know? Yeah. So like, I just, oh, well, thank you. Actually, you're here. Here's the key. Here's the key to flesh and blood. Cool. So, and then we can just uh, do a, a weekend at Elaine's type movie. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Pickles. You know? I like pickles. Like it would kind of be like that. I don't know. Oh, gosh. All right. Let's get to the crux of the matter, which is um, for those of you who with like deep cuts into Flesh and Pod, obviously right now, Logan is still doing the show um, with uh, I can't believe it's not Tan and Grace. And it's fun. I love it. I listen to it every week. It is basically the only podcast that I make appointment listening to because it's the one thing that bridges the gap, which we'll get to eventually of enjoying events and the camaraderie that comes with it. I feel like I'm listening in on a conversation that I'm having amidst friends. You were on that show. You you started that show. It was yourself, your wife, Abby, whom I adore, and then and Logan. However, you and Abby have moved away from that. Um, can you explain a little bit why you made that decision? Yeah, sure. When we started Flush and Pod, it was um, – so for people that don't know, the quick history is Logan and I have been friends for over a decade – and um, we just, <clears throat> excuse me, always played magic together and then kind of fell apart as we both fell away from magic and then both got into flesh and blood. And we're like, we should just do this thing together so that we talk more and we enjoyed each other's company and and made this. And I don't think it ever really became or I never really intended it for it to become as as cool as it became. Like it, we never really set out for it to be. And then all of a sudden I realized that I was spending a lot of time on it. And frankly, I just, Abby and I, like, we just kind of ran out of like time in our life for stuff and realized we needed to cut things. And we wanted to focus on more and some like, you know, local stuff and other projects. And, um, it was a very sad thing to cut back on because of how cool it was. Um, and fortunately I made a lot of friends through that, including you, including like Elaine, Derek and Tommy and all the other chuckles that we talk about from week to week. And then I also still get to talk to Logan. I talked to Logan once a week and we text all the time. And so, um, there, there wasn't any hard feelings there. People have asked me like, Oh, did you guys fall out or what happened? No, honest to God. It's just sometimes in life you got to make cuts on things. And like, that was just this hobby was a thing that was like the thing to cut back on. And so, um, I miss it a lot. When I listen to that show, I have the same feeling you do. I like, scream at the radio because it's my friends having a conversation and I think they're wrong and I can't tell them. You know, I get that when you have other friends of ours on here. Like when Elaine was a guest last week, I'm screaming at the television, you know, like just because like you're my friends and I love you and I think you're all stupid. And like, that's, that's, you know, I want you to know how wrong I think you are, but I can't. And that's the beauty of podcast. I think that's so. the actual sort of like, agreement that the UN saw like like uh, approved between like Canada and the US it's like you guys are like you're idiots we hate you but we love you but we hate you and you're exactly. stupid and you're wrong and we're like <laughs> what, what the hell we're just trying to have our good time like nobody invited you like I don't I don't get it but that's kind of uh, it just it just it just fits but um yeah and like that's part of it because there have been other podcasting groups or duos that have sort of split ways and whatever and it wasn't always you know because of the same reasons but it's good to sort of clear that air and it not that it was like a, a giant elephant in the room as it was, but it's good to know. But you've you've essentially you haven't like departed from flesh and blood in any way. It's merely right. a matter of you just don't have time for the content. Yeah, I wasn't at the time I wasn't playing a lot. I'm still not playing a lot. Um because I was getting, I had started a new job and gotten busier with that. It was kind of ramping up the things I was doing with some side practice work and like 
um, some other hobbies just that I wanted to pick up and then um, really didn't, you know, have time to fit in the scheduling with like another person. And then all of the stuff that goes into it, like the flesh and pod community is insanely great. Like our discord, uh, their discord, I should say now pops off and it's like the self growing organism of people that like collaborate. And I, and I really found myself spending a lot of time investing in that community. And it just became this thing where I was like, wow, I'm kind of neglecting some other stuff or have other projects I want to work on or do and like in life. And, um, and like, it was so great to do. And, um, we did have a couple of people that said, Hey, like what, like what happened? Like you kind of left like really quickly and, and really there was never anything like that at all. It was just, it was just time from like a, like we needed to recapture some time in our life. And this like hobby was the thing to do it on. Um, but uh, like, like I said, the good news is, is like, didn't leave the scene at all. Still talk to you probably once a day. Still talk to uh, everyone else probably a couple times a day. Keith from the realm. I talked to you like twice a day. It's absurd how often we talk. Um, so yeah, I know still around and still never really left the news cycle. Just don't spend time making stuff as much as I used to. We can make something up. I mean, like we are currently in a world where it's headlines. Mm. If Taylor Swift breaks up with some douchebag, like that's, that's fair. So do you want to fake news something? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to just like sort of throw something out there for creative, creative edits? Yeah, that's actually a great, you know, like cause the real reason I left flesh and pod is James white promised me an exclusive, uh, design contract with LSS if I did. And I told him, wow, it's really tough for me to do. And he said, you know what though you get to do, you get to make, Dust till dawn. Start drawn promos. So yeah, so all of the hand drawn promos that you're gonna get in your CLI's cards <laughs> just, are actually from me. They're little stick figures and they're cute. And like I got to do that to leave flesh and pod. So okay, perfect. Yeah, uh, awesome. Yeah, that wasn't uh, as funny as I was hoping it to be. I honestly stepped on it. You breaking threw me news. Up a great opportunity. Yeah, I did. I gave you. I put it on a T, and you just Albert uh, Pujols walked up and then said no thank you and left like you just left <laughs> it right fat there on the it's okay yeah um so let's talk about what your return to kind of content creation within this this genre this field what that entails because uh number one opossum papers what why that name and tell us yeah. what it is sure so the possum papers were i first of all i love alliteration um uh, i'm affectionate about alliteration uh, I, it's, it's, uh, so that's honestly where the, the baseline comes from is whatever it was going to be, was going to have alliteration in it. And then, so my wife, uh, Abby loves possums. She is very much a generic cishet white woman from the Midwest. She just likes absurd things that you can't own. Um, and so she on flesh and pod would regularly say like, Hey, we could spend this money on like a go bananas if I can have a possum. And so I would buy a go bananas like promo card and she'd go, okay, when am I getting my possum? Never. Cause it's illegal. You can't even own them where I live. Um, you know, you have to have a license or something. I, I, I don't know. And so, um, I, you know, we, we always joked about, we were going to be possum owners and she was good. Jordan, when are you getting my possum? And so it started on flesh and pod. And then it sort of made its way to my local community. There is a, the competitive team in the Columbus area, um, is called the, um, the possum pack. And so they kind of the conjunction with me and a guy named Nick kind of like made this like this name of possum pack is a silly name for a team. And and those guys kind of took it and run with it. Um, and they're doing really well now. And, and so I was like, you know, what? when I start this thing, I'm going to stay true to like my wife's roots, the local roots, and then the flesh and pod roots of the possums. 
in possum pack or I'm sorry, in possum papers is sort of where, uh, I landed. Uh, and I don't know why it's just sort of silly so, and I like it and it's not changing. Yeah, no, it's like, I, again, everyone has a story in terms of why they name something a certain way. Um, two things. Number one, Abby, your wife, who apparently has this affection for an animal that I would probably say is the, is like the crossbreeding between a lizard um, a hamster and sheer anxiety, like all rolled into one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the first thing, like why that? And the second thing is, uh, what we've learned today is that you are just, just, you have no qualms about lying right into your wife's mouth. Like just right from the hip, Clint Eastwood style. Here's a fat lie between the eyes and thanks. Uh, but you're not getting a possum. Well, you know, that, yeah, she married the high-functioning sociopath, so I really, you know, I don't know who the the blame is on her. She made this act of choice, and that's that's okay. Um, you know, I I always thought the possum thing she liked was silly, but people have really kind of latched onto the possum paper's name when I talk about it. She's like, Did your wife put you up to this? And I'm like, oh, yeah, for sure. So I don't lie to just her. I lie to everyone else, too. Like, don't don't get me wrong. It's not just Abby. Okay, so you're a piece of garbage to everybody. I just want to make sure. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> locked down, like, yeah, tra- literal trash can. One of my favorite possum memes, actually, is live fast, eat trash, get hit by a car. And, like, that's that's and that's that's who I am as a person. Wow. Live just- fast, eat trash trash get hit by a car and so maybe we're all really the possum papers in some way i hear you, you. Know? i hear you um it's like the whole the whole concept of like oh you know burn it at both ends but i just i just thought that was like like eating spicy doritos like but <laughs> oh my god yeah um yeah well so tell what is what is in the possum papers because it's a flesh and blood oriented thing and when i read some of it and the first thing that struck struck me was basically the whole there's the it's for the possum in all of us, which I completely disagreed with because there's not a possum within me in any way, shape or form. But the other part about it was it's it's very much almost like a casual conversation, a reflective piece about your musings and your thoughts and your your, you know, an assessment, is, I guess, of the climate of the game based on your your, you know, experiences with it, which are unique because, like I mentioned, you're not a pro player. You're not. Uh, you're not a tournament grinder. You're a community enthusiast. I don't know how else to probably say it, but we've had conversations in the past, and I'm sure a lot of people out there will definitely you know, feel the same. I feel this way, is that my friends and my family, my closest friends and family now have intersected with this game. That yeah. pe- people that I used to say like, oh, I have a free week or I want to take a week to go visit people. It used to be that I'd go back home and hang out with those friends or whatever. But now it's like, no, man, I'm going to go visit my close friends in Minneapolis or I'm going to go to an event in Ohio or in, in Chicago and hang out with the Realm people or the MinMax friends or, or whatnot like those. Exactly. And and that is kind of and I'm sure people are listening to this and saying like, damn, you know what? Like that's kind of where I'm at now. So tell us a little bit about what you know is there a mission statement for this is there an objective with these papers man that would be putting way too much like credit behind my plan for it uh that that would be such that'd be nice if there were um like i you know when i i i realized that i was missing making something i missed flesh and pod um didn't miss the time and like the scheduling in my life 
but I missed the, the creating a thing that didn't exist. And then now it does. And, um, you as a creator of things, a lot of our friends are creators. I think a lot of people can relate to that. We've contributed to the world or even just made it different. Um, and I, and yeah, I think you, you got it right in that. Like, it's not about any one particular thing with flesh and blood. It very much is this reflective piece on just like, Hey, some tournament news came out. Let's talk about the tournament news with so the dust till dawn serial cards. I guess spoiler alert, depending on whenever this comes out, this week's article is going to be about serialized cards and dust till dawn. And we talked a lot about in Pittsburgh about people's different reactions to that. And I realized I didn't care. And so I wrote about how I don't care and I don't think people should. And like how I think the random arguments against it are forward are weird. And so I've also talked about some strategy things. So like my background, I used to play Magic the Gathering competitively, traveled to the GPs, traveled to SCG Opens, um, picked up a lot in there. And I, I see myself as a competitively minded player. I just don't do that for flesh and blood. So, you know, I... I talked about running draft boot camps. I've, you know, written about um, card evaluation in a vacuum for limited, right? Like, so it's very much, I think you nailed it, um, reflective on whatever. And we're going to talk about this a little bit. I'm very passionate about cube. Um, and so I wrote about cube and flesh and blood, and that will probably become a recurring theme. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think, I think like, again, like you, you really got it and that it's just a, I just want to talk about this thing I like. And if, other people read it. Cool. Like it's picking up some, some, some free subscribers and people get it sent to their email. And that feels really good to just know that there's other people that are like, yeah, I don't really necessarily care about like analyzing the third or the second or third sink below in this deck list. But like, I do want to know what the tournament happened this weekend and damn, isn't old and boring to watch, you know, like they just have a conversation, but in a different format than maybe like a podcast or a YouTube video. I hear you on that. And it's always difficult because, like you mentioned, hey, if some people listen to it or read it or whatever, that's cool. I'm I'm just getting joy out of this. And when it comes to content creation, this is oftentimes one of the major hurdles that people have to clear is that initial as like that initial realization of like, hey, people might not listen or read or or yeah. consume what you're doing. So what are you doing it for? And like, uh, and oftentimes, and again, and there, I don't, I don't fault people who want to get into content creation purely from the the aspect of like I'm using this as a, uh, a to be my career or to propel my career and and all this other stuff. Whereas other people, you know, like if your if your motivations are are sh like just about clicks, numbers, and getting rich you're not like the average person it's you have a better chance of getting drafted into the NHL or whatever <laughs> like it's just the, it's the it's the sheer amount it's the sheer reality of it the the passion that you have to have like it's the coal that you're shoveling into the furnace like if you don't have heaps and unlimited supply you're going to burn out and you're just going to peter to a, a halt and you're going to just you're going to be not content but what i do like to tell people when, because I went through this massively, big time, and massive fits of depression related to content creation a while ago, where you do come to the realization where shit, like I don't have hundreds of thousands of views, I don't have tens of thousands of followers, I don't even have a thousand followers, like those kinds of 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 realizations, and then you realize like what am I doing? And then you have to fall back on the fact that if the, if it's not a, a thing of passion, even if there are 50 to 20 people that consume your stuff, like the way I just kind of reconcile that is like, imagine, and this was told to me, so this is not even my thing, but people said like, imagine that 
those 12 to 15 or 20 people are in your living room right now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Hanging on your every word. Like that There's is so many people. <laughs> it's absolutely bananas. Like for the same. First people, of all, get the hell out of my house. Well, yeah, I don't have enough yeah. diet Pepsi for all of you, let alone cowtails. Exactly. Like, like <laughs> so. But there's so many calories in cowtails, I could probably share three amidst the room and we could probably live until the apocalypse. But um, that has that ever kind of crossed your mind? Like when you endeavored to do this possum papers, what was your initial intent? Like, was there a, a motivating factor outside of I have I have an idea for one or two articles or was there, you know, like what was beyond yeah. that? Yeah, no. So I, I genuinely like writing um, I like the process of planning out a thing that I'm going to write. So the biggest reason that like, we've talked about this before, the biggest reason that I wanted to go into like being like a lawyer was I liked research and writing. I liked persuasive writing. I liked taking people that didn't have an opinion or had an opinion opposite to mine and trying to move and nudge them. And I, I liked that a lot. Um, I've done some writing for like political campaigns here in Ohio before and really enjoyed that process. And I was like, you know what? Like, I just want to practice writing. And I hold it to a high standard with this. And it's very fun to push myself, unfortunately, because I'm miserable at all of the things I just said, like planning this, this newsletter or blog. Uh, there are some like standard things that I need to raise up in it. But honestly, it's just a project of like, I want to put out something once a week and really focus on writing and like get better at this casual format of writing and convincing people and also then get to talk about a thing. So yeah, it'd be sick if like I had a lot of clicks, like you mentioned, but like I, I can live with just telling my wife about what I wrote about, you know, um, she doesn't even read the damn thing. I, she's like, yeah, yeah so tell me what you, was about. you lied to her right to her <laughs> damn face. And I, well, I've met her. I've hung out with her. I've spent countless, I was gonna say countless nights. That's not true. That is yeah, not what I, yeah, let's reel that one. Back. Yeah. Let's, let's, uh, cool, let's actually qualify it. I can count them. <laughs> <laughs> I sat silently in the cuck chair. <laughs> <laughs> um, what podcast am I on? Am I, on I, or am I, no I see your flush and pod sticker on your microphone and it kind of gives me if yeah. gives me like it, it's kind of clearance to land but i'm like no 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 i can't <laughs> if i touch the down algorithm, the algorithm maybe yeah. if i touch down then i have to i have to do customs i can't do that i can't touch your soil <laughs> um so you know but that's good like it's it's a good feeling to yeah. just get joy out of something it really is it really it, it's fun because I picture actually when I write things, I say I'll say a paragraph or a sentence or finish a thought and I'll think like, OK, what would Logan say if I said this to him? What would Matt say? What would Elaine say? What would the Keith? What would the Bartram brothers say? You know, like and if I think they'd say something I like, like, oh, I know Keith would say X, Y, Z. And well, I better think of a counter argument to that or I better think of a way to explain like the question they would have. And that's very fun um, because because like you said. I don't know. These people are my family. You're my family. I look at you all like brothers and sisters and loved ones. And it's fun to interact with you when you, when you're not here, I had a, a professor in uh, college during a research course. He would say research and writing is really just like talking to people about the things you care about. They just might be dead now, you know? And that was like for like a, for an archeology span course that we were paper we were working on, but for flesh and blood, it's much the same thing. I get to like listen to your podcast or I get to read Twitter or Reddit or whatever. And, process arguments and i'm talking to them when i write a possum paper about the thing we care about and like they just might not be in the room and that's really cool to me i love it i dig it um let's talk about the fact that what inspires a lot of these ideas and these discussion points that you write about in the possum papers which are from 
gatherings and, 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 and tournaments and events and such like that, but you don't play in them. And this is what I think that enough people need to start realizing is a lot of the times people will kind of flounder on going to an event. And I understand cost is an immense issue, uh, travel accommodations, uh, all that jazz. I, I wouldn't be going to a lot of these tournaments if I were not hired to be to to work them like that is something that is very very limiting for people however there's a lot of people who are like oh it's you know it's it's like a two-hour drive and whatnot but like i i don't even know what deck to play i don't like the meta and whatever what i think has started to bubble up is a realization that these events for many people are no longer just means to play the game competitively earn points earn rewards earn prizes etc it's Everything outside of that, everything outside of the pairings and the registration, are yes. you are you done with competitive because everything else is just so awesome? Or oh man, <laughs> that's such a good question. I don't know that it's because everything else is so awesome. Uh, everything else is awesome. Let me let me be more clear. I am probably done with competitive play because of the time that it takes to be great at it. Um, I listen. Matt, I hate losing. Okay, I hate it. It's the worst thing in the world. When I lose anything, when I lose a coin flip, when I also bet $20 on a coin flip, right? You know me, I'll gamble on anything. And when I lose a simple $20 coin flip bet, I am mad. I had no control over the outcome whatsoever, but I'm furious. And so that's true for flesh and blood. Um, and when I go to like a calling, the last calling that I think I really tried at was Indianapolis a year ago. So not the most recent one, but the I tested for it, really worked at it, just did bad. And I remember being really upset and then thinking, well, you could have practiced more, blah, 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 all those things we tell ourselves after the event. Um, and then I kind of just stopped testing and trying and playing a lot and um, realized that like it's really not worth your time play, paying to play in these events if you're not doing that. And so then it became, well, I want to go to these events still anyway. Why? And if you'd have told me that I would have had that thought a year ago, like, or back when I was a magic, like grinder or whatever, that would look to you like you were crazy. Like, why would you go to the tournament and not try to win it? Um, and that, and that part, the reason I've stayed around is because of how awesome it is. Um, and like, it is fantastic to just go to a place where all your favorite people are all the time. And like, even if not everyone's there, some of them are, you know, like there's going to be events where there's events that I don't go to that other people are at. And there's going to be events where um, I go where, you know, someone that I would like to see isn't there. But by and large, there's always someone that I just love at these. And that just makes that makes it worth it. Like, I don't need to play a single. I make a joke now that flesh and blood is the worst part of a flesh and blood tournament because, like, I just have to kill time during the tournament while all my friends play and to hang out with them. But like I it's the community is by far the best part of the friends and family that I've made doing this are above and beyond. So I kind of talked out of both sides of my mouth there. Um, I could see myself getting into competitive again if I like figured out how to recapture the time, but I don't care that much about it ultimately because there are so many other great things going on at these events. It's one way to put it, definitely, because uh, it's a long way to put it. I don't well, even know if it was clear. So No, <laughs> no, it, but it makes it makes sense because again like the the card gaming and such is just a small aspect of it and i work these events this is my job this is my career this is how i pay rent and i eat and and such but at the same time like i have this massive envious hole in my heart where 
I see like I'm behind the curtain casting matches, which again is something I absolutely adore. But I see, you know, like I'll wake up at seven in the morning to be at the venue for like eight, eight thirty because we're live at nine and I see you guys sleeping, you know, <laughs> because you guys don't have anything to worry about the next day. You guys were up, you know, late at night having a good time and you show up to the event, you run like one or two side events, you buy a box, you rip packs, you tear cold foils in half because you guys are psychopaths and like and and all of the concern is like, all right, where are we going to eat? What is going on? Like what movie are we watching and whatever? And and this is all brought together because of the card game, not not we're not there because of the card game. It just so happens that that was the catalyst yep. that brought us all together initially. And the bond is just like this is an excuse like you have to be there. Dagan's going to be there competing. These players are going to be there. Uh, Keith is going to be vending. So it's just you know, five or six of us are already going to be there. So let's pack up a car, go not give a shit about actual playing the card game, but let's just get an Airbnb jam way too many people in it and, and have a good time. Yeah. That, and that's, that's exactly the way it is for me. I see all you suckers getting up to go to a tournament in the morning. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to roll over on my couch and go back to bed. Thank you. But uh, I'll, I'll catch you later. Um, now, you know, what's, there's something about like we used to say this in Magic the Gathering tournaments is that the magic was awful. The gathering was where it was at. And um, I really feel that way with like Flesh and Blood as in like the game is the game is fine. I, I like Flesh and Blood. It's a great card game. I, you know, truthfully, I'd rather just go get a house in Myrtle Beach with everybody for the week and, you know, do cube a bunch. But like um, it, it really is just the, the catalyst. Like that's a great word to say it. I, we do it anyway. We just have a convenient ex- excuse where like you get to make some money while we hang out. I get to just chuckle hell around. you be a chuckle offer around with people and it's, it's a good combo. So I love it. I love it. Yeah. And you mentioned cube because that is something that um, you were basically there peddling it like you were selling Rolexes in New York City out of your, you know, from your trench coat. But yeah. it, no matter what the scenario was, like I, somebody would, you know, wake up or whatever and be like, oh, man, like what time is it? You'd be like, time time for cube. And, you know, like one of those things or <laughs> I, I'd show up, I'd be like, dear God, like I just I just witnessed a, a moose like impale a family of of nuns. And you'd be like, oh, that's cool. Cube like and no matter what, you would just try to inject it there. So for the uninitiated, because yeah. I too was not well versed in this, what is Cube as a format? Yeah, well, you know what's funny, Matt? We can pull up my latest possum paper. Uh, uh, yeah, I, hold on. Uh, uh, Jamie, pull that up. Uh, just yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I don't have that here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Cube, Cube at its core is a it's a repeatable draft experience that like you build. Um, so imagine that like James White built Welcome to Wraith, right? He built that draft environment. Uh, he did. Well, I, for, I don't need much of my imagination. He, yeah. 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 Well, good. That's good. So <laughs> now imagine since you have some extra power left over. Thank you. I'm ruining uh, this for you. I apologize. Yes. Yeah. yeah well, let's ask my guest a question then. Be a dick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and so James White built Welcome to Wraith draft. You build your own draft format out of Flesh and Blood cards. And so, um, 
Cubes take a variety of shapes and sizes, but ultimately at the end of the day, they support eight people to draft or two people to draft or four people to draft. You kind of build it however you want and you draft with the same set of cards and it's a repeatable experience. Um, so for example, my cube is 360 cards and I carefully curate which cards go in, which heroes are supported, the, the various like house rules around the cube and me draft that set of cards and cards come in and out of the cube based on how they perform in the cube and people's feedback on whether certain cards are fun and certain cards aren't fun. You know, like imagine that like you could guarantee in a welcome to Wraith draft that everyone would have access to like, I don't know, like a, a, a red sink below. I don't know. I'm just get like, you can do that in cube. You can build this environment that way. So short answer is a cube is a draft format that you get to make and then curate over time. So that said, what are the restrictions in terms of actually assembling this 360 card um, yeah. monstrosity as it was? Because I've seen it. And and the one thing, because Cube, the first thing I, I've learned about Cube is that Cube is something from Magic. And I've learned about <laughs> Cube through Magic. I didn't know whether it was something that has was supportable, you know. But again, ultimately, if you can draft something, then you can Cube it. Um, but most of what I've seen is that Cubes from magic that I've 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 witnessed and people have showed me are like these ultra powered very like you mentioned when you say that you you fine tune it and you just dial it into the right frequency that's because like you said it's not just about red sink belows it's like okay there's an e strike there's a command and conquer there's a crippling yep. crush like there's all the major huge impact cards yeah, and so the cool thing about Cube is you can do as much of that as you want or as little of that as you want. So I know that like when you say to someone like, hey, you have to have a Command and Conquer and you have to have an E-Strike and you have a Heart of Fidel and you have the the other one, like the Scry one, right? Like, um, and the guy, you know, I have a Rune Blade supported in my Cube, so I have Arcanite Shard. Like, you know, people go, whoa, like I don't have the money for those to like play in Classic Constructed, let alone on this like dumb side thing you're proposing jordan the cool thing about cube is you can literally build whatever you want if you want a cube of just commons and rares you can do that for example i i come to cube by way of magic um my friends here it's funny to them that i'm the cube guy in flesh and blood because i am the least cube guy in magic the gathering in my friend group like these guys are cube nuts. There's a cube invitational every year. We can everyone owns their own cube we like rotate who plays what cube it's it's this whole tier system of cubes for magic over here. And so like I come from that and one of the guys has a common and uncommon cube. Um, anything lower than a rare is if it's ever been printed lower than a rare, it can be in his cube. And so you could do that in magic. You, or I'm, I'm sorry, in flesh and blood, you could say, you know what? Rares and below or super rares and below um, will be supported by my cube. So you can make these budget cubes, but you can actually choose the more powerful versions of commons and rares. And you can, Put what you want in them and what heroes you want to support. So there are no rules, so to speak. Um, the general thing I tell people is like pick three or four heroes you want to support. Um, so, for example, my cube supports Dorinthia, um, Bravo and Viscerai. And then go from there. Just pick the class cards from those heroes that are fun to play with. Pick the most powerful generics or least powerful generics that you want to play and then Get to 360 cards, pick the equipments you want, if you want to include those in your draft or if you want to provide those on the side, like whatever. Just start with some heroes you want to support, get a list of cards you want to play with, and then see how many you've got, and I bet you you'll be close. And uh, that, so that's kind of the general the general scope of what I, of what I tell people 
Um, there's also a variety of different cubes. So like there's like feet, like my cube's a powered cube, right? It's got Eye of Ophidia, Tunic, like, you know, um, Heart of Fine Delve, you know, E-Strike, Command and Conquer, like you said. Um, there's also themed cubes where we have like how many warriors in this game, right? You could build a cube that just supports all the warriors. Um, you could build a cube that supports earth and ice cards or, you know, lightning and ice or whatever cards. You could build a wizard cube. Brendan Patrick encouraged me to build a wizard cube. I might build a wizard cube. Um, so you could, you could do that as well. Okay. There's a lot of, there's so many, I know that I just like rambled words at people. So like I, you could build what you want and it's dope. I, well, that's what I wanted to get to is the fact that it seems like there's a lot of room for personality to be injected in this where it's, it's not like, again, what people need to understand is you're drafting, but you're not drafting packs. It's, it's like you, you create the packs yourself, yes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Out of the, out of the 360 cards that you've curated, you'll make for an eight person draft, you'll make three packs of 15 out of those cards draft, play your games, and then put all the cards back in the box for next time. Um, and that's, that's the system. Um, you know, just as another quick thing off the top of my head, we've talked about Welcome to Wraith a lot. People build set cubes where like, hey, you know what? Welcome to Wraith is one of the greatest draft formats of any game ever, right? Like Magic or Flesh and Blood or any other game you can draft. Welcome to Wraith is up there. Maybe you can build like an op- optimum curated Welcome to Wraith cube that creates the draft so you don't have to buy a box every time. Yeah. Like that's, you know, hey, that's that's an option, right? There's just things you can do. There's so much room for personality. There's so I mean, there's so much room for what you want to be doing in Flesh and Blood. Um, and that's one of the biggest reasons I like it. The other big reason that it is very it can be very competitive if you play it with the right people. And so I get my competitive outlet by playing like my cube with other competitive minded people. Um, and that's that's uh that's another big reason that I'm in love with it. So the I mean I didn't get to do it because again like things just kind of were off the wall when we were in Pittsburgh yeah. I think it was and it just was not uh, it didn't l- align the way that we may have wanted but ultimately um like the pitch that you're giving for cube sounds like you know problematic in the sense that like any draft is problematic because you need eight people as it were, but you're saying that you don't necessarily need eight people. You don't need yeah. like you're, so your cube currently has three heroes. It supports three right now. Yeah. So, um, it's optimized. Like there, it is optimized for eight people. And the, like the card making decisions I've, I've generated have been for eight where with eight people in mind. Um, but there's even a cube called a tubert where it's designed for two people. And so like you do a two person draft or you could build sealed decks out of them. And like Abby and I have done sealed pools with my cube in the airport on our way to flesh and blood events, you know? So like, yes, it suffers from the same thing of like, well, you need eight people to really get the juice, but also because it's your rules, you know, like you can just fire up a tuber if you want, like make a little, I don't know, 80 card set or, you know, 120 card set, whatever. And whatever feels good. So there's a couple of guys here in Ohio that have flesh and blood tuber cubes that have, that are, that are really fun. What's what in your, uh, I guess your opinion is like a format that I know like a cube aside, because you're definitely, you know, when I hear cube and flesh and blood, you're the first name that pops up. And I think that people should check out, uh, the possum papers because the, you do get into this stuff, um, in more depth. Plus it's just a good way to get to know, you your thought processes as well as just like your personality if you don't if you haven't met jordan he's at a lot of events you're hanging around the booths of like realm and whatever you're playing in some side events or whatnot um but ultimately 
you and Cube are now kind of synonymous, but what other formats would you say are are lacking in terms of, sure. you know, like, because part of it to me is I've tried UPF. I like Commander. I play Commander when, when I can, which is not often, but I do have a couple Commander lists. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I, I don't know if it's just like the fact that you know, getting into a commander match, I know what to expect. It's going to be a lot of fireworks. It's going to be a lot of headbutts, headbutting and politicking, which I enjoy. But in UPF, it's kind of like, it doesn't feel that way. Like, it doesn't necessarily feel that way. Are there other, you know, formats in your mind that are kind of just lagging behind uh, or that need improvement? Or is there a format that in your mind is not getting enough love like Cube? Yeah, you know, one of the one of the funny things about that is, the commander community in magic has long lamented when wizards like officially stepped in and made it like an official thing, you know, like they corporatized their like grassroots format. Um, and I, I do have that same worry about like cube, you know, if they ever got, if they ever designed cards for cube, like Christ, like, I don't know a that my wallet could handle it, but then B like part of it is creating something out of already existing card pools. Right. So like, I don't know, but in terms of like what could use more love, I think generally like non, cc tournament play in general just suffers in this game and i don't mean that like derogatorily like flesh and blood analysis do so much right but i worry about the longevity or like the i worry about players like me that don't have access to the community that i do i've been very lucky to like stay in this game because of relationships both locally and then internationally right um but people don't go to their local game store or like go to target and buy just like a flesh and blood pack to crack it and like play casually with their friends. Like this is not a thing that really exists. Um, there's not a, there's not a lot of kitchen table flesh and blood, I would imagine. And part of that is just like, it's not supported at like the, at the LSS level on down, whereas magic makes a big deal. Like on, and other competitors make a big deal. You, you know, Pokemon, God, Pokemon make a big deal about trying to be this casual game first that happens to have a thriving tournament scene. And then LSS kills the organized play for players that, you know, I used to be like that you cater to with your content, right? That I assume most people that listen to this show, but I think the, I think the game in general, like really could use a kitchen table scene and like, or like casual competitive formats, a lot like cube or high end UPF or whatever, you know, it just, I don't know. I don't know what the solution for that is, to be honest. I, I'm curious if you've talked with people about that, like in your circles or whatever, about how to like get like my like my wife, for example, hates classic constructed, right? But like she loves the game, she loves the people, but like God, if I getting her to actually play flesh and blood is like pulling teeth, you know? And so I you know, I don't know. I don't I don't know what the solution to that is, but I do worry a lot about there's not like a casual community in a game. It's very simple. You say, Abby, if you play C and CC with me, I will give you a possum. <laughs> yeah, yeah i've unfortunately drained that well yeah you know like yeah like i think she's coming around to that there's no possum coming yeah she's uh she's learning but like one of the biggest champions of sort of kitchen table or casual play for me has always been dm armada who i hang out with you know fairly yeah fairly often he's so great yeah he's an, an an immense champion of the game obviously first of all foremost but not just of this game but of all games and his sort of mission statement has always been, you know, he doesn't like advertise it or, or herald it or anything, but you can get the, the gist that his his thought is games are for everybody 
and there are yep. ways to make them fun. And if they're fun yep. for you, then that is the way that you should play them. It's not like, no, this is the this is the pure format. And it's like, you know, like there's a lot of elitism, I find, when it comes to things where it's like, well, you're not doing this. It's like when Blitz was included in Worlds. Yeah, oh my God. And <laughs> everybody kind of lost their shit. And you I had a whole episode about it, right? I like did. You had a round table? Yeah, yeah. I did. And... <laughs> I was of the ilk of like, look, if you want to be the world's best or declare yeah. the world's best, you need to, you know, you need to be the best at all the formats or, or a culmination. Like you're the aggregate of your skill should also include a very popular format. Now, that doesn't mean that like Cube or, or UPF is ever going to make it its way into the competitive scene. But at the same time, you know, when you're talking about enjoying a game, the way that you enjoy the game is the right way that you should enjoy the game. Yes, and 100%. And it's fascinating because this is the same kind of mentality that I remember when I was bartending. And when I started bartending and I grew up in Montreal, lots of microbrews and a lot of people had opinions on beer. And when I started bartending and people would come in and they'd order like a Bud Light or a Coors Light. And, and I remember, you know, watching these people get razzed by their like, by their friends who are like it's just basically water like yeah, shut up yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Like, well why don't you just pour it directly in the toilet because it's just piss or whatever you know like things like that or like give me a and then they order a bottle of heineken and, and say bro eight yeah, times yeah. like at, but the, the thing about it is like what i've learned is just because i prefer you know a stella artois on tap or like a, a micro brew from like around the corner because the guy has thick rimmed glasses and a beard down to his his belt like that doesn't make the beer enjoyed more or less by the person who's consuming it what i learned was i'm like you know what if they like it who gives a shit like let them enjoy what they enjoy and i think that that kind of mentality that i eventually just came to i'm like who cares what they like you know at the same day, time i'm not drinking it they're drinking it where more people need to un like just kind of maybe break away from the fact that there's no pure form of a card game. There's a competitive recognized way to declare a champion, which is competitive or classic constructed. But at the same time, somebody who just plays the game for what you'll enjoy it for, which is, you know, uh, cube or ripping cards in half because you're a degenerate. Like these are the kinds of things where like there's nothing wrong with with somebody enjoying something their own way. I completely agree, and I will not tolerate flip it or rip it slander. Okay, dude, I it's absolute anxiety when like I <laughs> I want people to know that when we were in Pittsburgh, we had an Airbnb, and somebody, yeah, I'm sorry, good. <laughs> no, I was just I don't know who it was, but somebody, you know, it was like releasing pheromones into the into the room where somebody said flip it or rip it, and all of you just immediately went from six o'clock to midnight immediately. Um, like you guys were all just, oh, like it was just like a dog whistle, like just went off. Oh my god! Do uh, do you think your average listener knows what flip it or rip it is? Like, should let's, we explain that? You should absolutely, because I don't think that my my listener and my viewer base are that maladjusted. So okay. you should definitely explain this. So I'm going to say this at the front. This is completely degenerate, and it is by no means like a reasonable way to use your time or money. No, uh, but like <laughs> we love it, um, and. You also have to know that I love the thrill of like, just, just, I love the thrill of things. So flip it or rip it. Uh, your opponent 
has a booster pack. You have a booster pack. You open it. You take out the, the double-sided token. You shuffle your booster pack. Okay? Your opponent shuffles their booster pack. And right now, you're thinking, so far, so good. What could possibly happen? Your opponent lays two cards from their booster pack out in front of them. Okay? You choose one and rip it in half. They get to keep the other one. And then you lay two cards out in front of you. Your opponent chooses one and rips it in half. You keep the other one. You do this for the contents of your booster pack. And then you open another booster pack. And you do this until the box is depleted. Um, you know who loves this? Flip it or rip it? You know who? Yeah, who? LSS. <laughs> they like flip it or rip it? Yeah, because you're Oh just... my God, I was so nervous that, no, that okay, no. you hate it. Well, no, what I'm uh, saying is... From... Oh, because you're just buying product. Who yeah, cares? because yeah. They're, like, they're paying full price for half the product. Who cares? Absolutely. Did you ever see that NWA movie, um, Straight Outta Compton? Yeah. came out yeah okay so there's the scene where like all of the moms from the suburbs bought all the copies of the cd from target and are like jumping on them in a protest and like ice cubes character is like oh my god can you believe what they're doing and dr dre's like i don't care they bought the sons of bitches and like you know like <laughs> god i was like yeah that's a that's what flipping yeah. it is <laughs> i don't think they i don't think they care but that that's the that's the whole thing about it and my first experience of this was at one of i think it was like the second ever uh speakeasy party uh, wherein they played flip it or with the with a crew first ed box and one of the unfortunate i guess um you know casualties of this was a cold foil sledge of anvilheim which in all honesty i am not a bling person i don't give a shit what my deck looks like the foils the cold foils i'm not that person if i want a card i want the cheapest version that's legally playable yeah the only vanity that i would ever consider would be my guardian weapons when i saw that card get <laughs> torn asunder i actively gagged i was like uh it was like, uh, like one of those okay which i'm not a fan of furthermore you a-holes furthermore oh no so i, I want to say before you tell the story that you're about to tell mm -hmm. if a, i this this game does create like kind of like a a strong reaction one way or another for people there i've met almost no one that's indifferent to the concept of flip it or rip it and so like if this thing like isn't for you and you're kind of like think this is like the epitome of greed or whatever I, I i genuinely don't mean to like make you upset i you know we we've been told by people that have seen us play they, they were like yeah we left because that's really gross to us and I, I genuinely don't mean for people to feel that way it's just like I don't know. I bought these things and like this fun for us to do that. And right. So like, I don't mean it to like come across as like a dilettante and like, I don't know. Okay. So here, like, anyway, I, go ahead. The, that being said, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I like how you're just like, oh, I, I don't mean just to, uh, you know, to um, flex on you peasants, but uh, no, I don't go back and mad, sleep and in the hay. It is. It's not about like making people mad because it does make people mad. And I don't want people to think that like, we're out to just piss people off when we play. It's, it's genuinely like the, I like the rush of like, man, I could lose this thing. That's expensive. I know like that, but, but, it, but go ahead. I was gonna say the shock value of this is like legitimately walking into a Starbucks, sitting down and the people next to you are playing Russian roulette. Like that is the actual, actual shock value to me, because again, I still don't have many of the cards. And for instance, it would happen in Pittsburgh, which you scared the living daylights out of people like uh, like Sam O'Byrne and such and like all like some of the three floating guys. Oh, they were scared. Yeah, they didn't yeah. like it uh sam's wonderful girlfriend unfortunately had to sit there <laughs> and absolutely just be appalled as i was but again in the same morbid curiosity like what happened was i witnessed you guys take a pack 
pass the revolver around, go click, 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 click. Okay, we survived. Here's like, oh, I, my Majestic survived. Like, amazing. And I'm like, I, I gotta try this. I gotta try this. And I sit down and I played and the Majestic survived again. I was like, okay. It felt literally like hitting severe turbulence and finding out the pat, like the pilot passed out, but then getting it like, and all of a sudden be like, uh, he's back. Uh, the pilot is back. We're, we're, uh, commencing our descent. The <laughs> landing gear is working. Like that's how it felt. However, to put this into perspective, you have agents of chaos, like Logan Peterson, because they flipped it or ripped it. And one of the surviving cards was a cold foil scale peeler. Yeah. I do not own any scale peelers. So I saw this card and I was actively reaching for my wallet to offer money for this card. Mm. And I'm thinking, hey, I just want this card. I don't own a scale peeler. Again, if there's anything that I would want as vanity, to me, it's a hero or the weapon. That's it. What happens? Well, they're discussing the shock and awe of, you know, like, because I think it was like Sam or, or somebody who's saying like, oh my God, imagine we did tear that card in half. Could you imagine if we ripped that in half? Wow. And what Logan does, he's like, yeah, it would be kind of like this. And he takes it and just rips it in half. And I am like, my wallet is in my hand. I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> I, I just fell to pieces. And, and they're like, I'm like, I needed that card. He's like, yeah, you can have it. And he just gives me the two pieces. And I was like, oh, <laughs> well, so the, to, to be fair to Logan and Dagan made this point. It's a weapon. You can tape it. And it's fine. You, you know, Dagan took it. Yeah, I think, you know, yeah, like, he did. I gave it, it to him afterwards fun. because Charmer is like, did you honestly not own one of those? I said, no. He's like a cold foil or any. I'm like, any. He's like, I have got a couple extras in my bag. I like randomly. He's like, I will give you one. So he gave me a scale peeler and put me at ease. And I gave Dagan the two piece scale peeler, which it was flick flacked into or, or flick knives <laughs> into nothingness. Um, yeah, but it doesn't end there. So because, that's a casual format that LSA should promote. I agree. No, with you. no, yeah. no. But it, uh, what I want people to understand is the like how this is a gateway drug into more debauchery. Because what happened after? What happened after that? What? What? What got the Bartrams or Keith? Oh, yeah. Well, it, let's just say that an alpha box escaped. It found its way on. It found its way onto a truck. Holla freaking Luya. Because <laughs> Keith was like, I got some alpha. And, and you and Logan were just like, abso freaking lootly. Well, no, I, I, my reaction was what I would imagine were at the gladiatorial arenas in Rome when like people were all about the blood spore. I was just like, yeah, more like thumbs down, kill him, you know? Like, yeah, that was true. But yeah. One aspect is, you know, you've got the gladiator who just destroyed another person and survived and you yeah. guys are all cheering him on. And what you guys wanted was it wasn't that they're like, let's bring out this other awesome gladiator. And you guys are like, yeah, let's go one more time. You guys no. were like, fuck it. Let's get Caesar out there and see what he could do, because it's that's it's alpha. It's like you guys were like. Have you guys ever ripped a cold foil uh, hard to file in half? Well, we might be able to do that. And Keith leaves the leaves the Airbnb. We don't see him for five to ten minutes. And he comes back completely sad. He's like, 
it was in the other van. It's already way on the way back to Ohio. And I was like, hallelujah. There's yeah. So yeah, listen, this is one of those times where I imagine if you were on the fence about flipping or rip it, you're probably certainly on one side of the fence now after hearing that story. Um, yeah, I don't, it doesn't sound good played back, but let me tell you, it's fun. It's well, fun. Like I, um, I feel like it's, let me ask you this. What is one of the greatest songs of all time? Like in your opinion? Oh, wow. Uh, 1989 by Taylor Swift. Okay. 1989 by Taylor Swift. Bastard. Uh, let's say you could only play that song a thousand times ever in the history of the world. Okay. And much like alpha product, it's a limited commodity. And what you have elected to do to subject those cards to that, to, to flip it or rip it is essentially saying, let's take one of the greatest songs of all time, burn one of the plays on like a tractor pull where you could barely hear it. Nobody's having a good time. It's not for the right audience. Let's just burn it right now. We've got 999 left. Like, that's what it felt like to me, because Alpha product is a limited commodity. You psychopaths. So is oil and like trees. We just burn through those. No, trees are uh, renewable. Trees are renewable. You can't print more alpha. That's an excellent, that's an excellent point. Yeah. So, yeah, like, and that's a really fair, let's take a fair criticism of the game. I just think like, um, yeah, I don't know. It's fun. It's a fun game. <laughs> I didn't mean to get into flip it or rip it. I don't know that that was. I don't know, but well, uh, I I I wanted to kind of segue into gambling in uh, in card games. Oh, that's a good way to do it. Yeah, Yeah, I figured this is a good way to do it because um, and we could be brief about this because, like you mentioned, you'd put you'd bet twenty bucks on a coin flip. Not that I'm going to subject you to that now, but um, you want to do it right now on air? You want to bet me twenty dollars on a coin flip? Do I get? Do I flip or do you flip? Well, we'll just pull up a random number generator online. We'll do odds or even. No, we're not doing that. I I can't. I can't. I can't. Okay. All right. If you're a coward, that's fine. I'm not. I'm not a. Not you want to do it for a quid? Do you guys say that? A quid. Canada? Get out of here. I remember once. A, I did not know yeah. what a quid was uh, for a while. And I remember once going to. I, I went to London to visit a friend for a few days. And yeah. we were going around London. And I forgot. I was asking about the price about something. And she mentioned it was like three quid. And I was like, three squids? I'm like, what like is this like where do i get those and i was like looking at them like is there like a squid or an octopus on the card like on like on like the dollar or the or the pound or like what i'm like what's a squid and i kept going i was like and i just kept i remember mentioning it at one point they're like saying she mentioned something i said i'm like i only have like like five or six squid left and she's like did you say squid i said that's what you said she's like no it's not but no we don't have that so i'm not doing it that said you psycho um (laughs) The gambling in card games, gambling yeah. in card games. And I'm taking this out of the realm of like, let oh, like for those who are, are, are unaware or uninitiated, people have cash games like you. You don't need to hover around Matt Folks's like Twitter space long before you see him challenging somebody to a money game to prove a point. Yeah, but that outside third party kind of gambling on card games in the sense of where you are somebody who wants to slam down money because you're like, I think, you know, Michael Hamilton's going to win this calling. The odds are, you know, uh, 15 to one. Like I'm going to 
slam some money on that because I think that's a really good value or whatever. They've done that in sports. It's not just a Vegas thing anymore. Canada has embraced it. The USA is starting to do it. I'm sure you can even go ahead and go to certain, you know, football fields, go watch a game. Yeah, you can. Yeah. And you could just, and like while you're in line for your beer, your friend is out there, you know, slamming 20 on, on like a, on a prop bet or something. This is, this is new. And new in the sense that this is something that is now more commonplace, more accepted. Do you think that card gaming and TCGs will ever be integrated into this to a degree? Um, man, you know, I, I my first answer was going to be no, and I was gonna, but then like esports did it, is doing it now. So like maybe eventually it would have to be the right game. It would probably be Magic. It may be Lorcana. Um, but like. Man, it's just such a niche thing. Tournaments are so there's so much room for variance in tournaments. Vegas would have a really hard time setting a line that like Michael Hamilton just doesn't get gooned around one of a calling by some kid that's new to the game, you know, because of the way that it that it works. Um, yeah, so maybe that'd be cool. It would be cool if like tournament organizers would be able to do it. I don't know how they would work out the regulations, but like you do the Goliath Goliath, right? It'd be really cool to be able to bet on the Goliath Goliath. Uh, Gauntlet Goliath. The Gauntlet the Goliath is uh, the dude who actually yeah. fought the Caesar uh, in the uh, Goliath. Goliath. Yeah. Jesus God, there it is. Yeah, yeah. That so it'd be fun to be able to do that. I, I would participate. Like, oh my God, like. Yeah, easily. but you're an easy mark on that. Like, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, that's true. You walk in with an app, like crosshair, right on your wallet every time. They're like, hey, uh, <laughs> these uh. I, Outsider packs sometimes rock three rares. You want to go to, you know, two to one odds at one oh of these my packs? Oh, my God. Well, not two to one, but maybe, like, there's a number we could work out. Yeah. Three to one. I think that, like, a three-pack rare is, like, a three to one odds, I think, in, in terms of opening an Outsider's pack. It's not it's not oh, outrageous. Really? It's something around those, those lines. Whereas, same mm. thing. Well, because of, like, the – there's an, one of the slots are, are, are seated with a different – where it could be an additional rare. Like, I've opened packs of Outsiders where it was, like – Two majestics, two rares. Like the foil was a majestic. I had two rares plus another majestic in there. Like those are pretty juiced packs. But um, yeah, I, I'm I'm really curious. Like if if you were if or this were legal, what kind of lines would you want to see on the betting? Would you just want to see like calling and up, just flat out I'd winners? I want futures on the calling winners for sure. I would want like odds to make top eight. You know, so I could just pick eight Canadians. Um, you know, I would like, um, what, what would I like? Like number of losses during, like you could bet on like most amount, least amount of wins that makes top eight, you know, like 15 round calling, like does the third, does 12 and three get there? Um, I like that kind of stuff pro like pro tour stuff would be great. Like, oh my gosh, there's so much you could do. Um, there's so much you could do. I, I would really like that. You beginning of the season, like who's our, rookie of the year. If we ever get to a point where we're implementing those kind of systems or like most amount of pro pro points or whatever, like PTIs gained in a year, stuff like that would be fun. Um, I'd give well, we've done, uh, you participated in the, uh, the fantasy league that we did for the pro tour. Yeah. Um, the pro tour fantasy draft, which I that, picked like, the winner, but lost, lost the pool. Well, I don't know. I, this is why I, I, I don't understand because I picked the winner. I you drafted got the winner based on how I picked the winner. I yeah, well, the you did a really bad day one. You did. Really, so we had Dagan. Abby and I had Dagan day one. Just a mortal lock. 
you know, you're you're locked for day one with Dega, and so we we crushed it. He went undefeated that day that year, right? That was I, France. I think so. Da- Dagan, yeah, Dagan was number one seed. I think it was seven and zero on day one or something like that. Yeah, and so we had like locked up. Basically, we needed like five more wins on day two to like win the tournament, and like we got it really early. It was great, but. Um, so stuff like that would be really fun. Like to see more. I, I didn't like running it. Cause like at the time they weren't doing round by round updates. So Michael Hamilton was like texting pictures to me of the standings so that we could like figure it out, you know? Um, what a that, so, yeah, I, I, not texting. I, I don't want to make it seem like I'm cool enough to get texts from Michael. He was tweeting them at me. Um, but, uh, well, and for those who think that this is a ridiculous concept, please be keep in mind that you can bet on WrestleMania winners and make money off of that. So I have done that. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. It's I, it, to me, it feels like the easiest money because it's, oh, it's, it's yeah it's scripted stuff. So like the outcomes are are predetermined. But if you know, if I just feel like I think that eventually it's going to get there. I genuinely believe it's going to get there. Yeah, I don't know about Flesh and Blood, but there is going to be a game, I think, that makes it big enough. And like a game like Lorcana, I think we'll have the public juice for that. I think like Magic the Gathering is obviously in a position that it could that it could kind of do those things if it wanted, especially with like arena being like, could you imagine if we could place bets in the arena client? Like Jesus. like Oh, like um, you like bet your actual in-game currency? Yeah, like, yeah, bet 100 gold or whatever. Like, I don't know what the, is it, I think it's gems and magic yeah. is, the, is the money currency. So, like, you know, bet your gems, like, on, on a pro tour match. Like, oh, my God. Like, it's like Twitch channel points, but real money, you know, at that point. So, yeah, like, except um, only partially, like, only fractionally less evil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Both create a predatory relationship between the viewer and the mm-hmm. and the, uh, the streamer. But uh, one of them doesn't actually cost you actual money. Uh. Um yeah, I, I, um, yes, that would be great. And and like you said, if people think this is ridiculous, you can go gamble on League of Legends like right now from your phone. Like I can do it on FanDuel right now. So like, that's what I'm saying. I, I was going to say no, but like, I don't know why I would think that, I guess. The times they are changing easily. Uh, last thing I want to get to is I, I want to play a little game with you called objection because you're a lawyer and it's fun to do right. these things. <laughs> Here are the rules. Um, I'm going to, pro- I'm going to pose an objection and you're okay. going to tell me whether the, it is sustained or overruled as okay. in it's sustained as in, yeah, no, we can't have that. That's wrong. Or yeah, like, I agree with you. Yeah. Like, like, okay. and, but, like objection, you know, blah, 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 and you'll be like, yeah, that's, that's BS. It's sustained. Or you're like, you know what? That's actually fine. It's overruled. Are you ready to play? Okay. Well, can I ask one question? Am I allowed to ask a follow-up question about your objection? Well, as um, an agent of the law, I mean, I think it's your responsibility to get the, the, you know, this isn't the Supreme Court where you just go by whoever owns you. Like, you have to actually, yeah. Wow. Oh, I'm sorry. Was that too deep? (laughs) What, Jesus? Uh, Yeah, he's the one who owns most of them. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Wow. Uh, He's just like, I would like to play. Yeah. Yes, that's correct. We're going to vote no on this. Yeah, we're going to lock that one down in a seven to two. Seven to two. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Are you ready to play? Yes. All right. Objection. My opponent wants to split the finals. Uh, Is my opponent better than me? Um. Yes, but you have a deck that is probably has a five percent edge on them. Uh overruled i want to play it yeah yeah i yeah i want to play it i um 
if the, if I if we were like a man, yeah, yeah, I'm not a coward. I want to play it. <laughs> so yes, like I'm gonna no sort of the split and uh and play it. Uh, Your Honor, my client would like to also acknowledge that you're not a you're not a coward. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. All right. Noted. Yeah. Objection. My opponent isn't using sleeves. What rules enforcement are we playing at? Uh, this is an RTN. Uh, sustained. Yeah, we. I'm worried about marked cards for sure. Okay. All right. Objection. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just. I just remembered. I wrote this one down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. Objection. <laughs> Objection. My LGS is keeping half of the LSS sponsored prizing for themselves and the drunk store owner wants to fight me in the parking lot at 2 a.m. Overruled. All of the regulars <laughs> love it. And you don't know what he's going through in his personal life. Okay. His, his wife is very adamant. That this is okay. And you stupid grinders don't get anything. All right. Overruled. Oh, I'm just I would just like to also inquire why we're holding court on a Wednesday at 7 p.m. Uh, thank you. <laughs> the economy i don't know <laughs> all right last one objection charmer wants to drive us through pittsburgh sustained well you're not getting in a car with that man oh my god listen i'm telling him every turn to take okay and he's like jordan i don't need directions from the drunk person i'm like okay that's a reasonable reply the very next turn he misses it and it's Pittsburgh, so a missed turn adds like 30 years to your trip. And he's like, oh, I just did that to mess with you guys. You goddamn liar. Sustained. Thank you. Don't that man drink. Get an Uber. All yeah. right. Uh, I rest my case. That's that, that ends this one-time objection game. That I, it was I, fun. I thought it was fun. Uh, I, I, was, I was initially going to put this in the go-again Patreon exclusive, but I'm like, you know what? The, everyone should hear this. I think the every, masses should get it. Yeah, yeah. But but this is where I'm going to plug my Patreon, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Patreon.com slash Instant Speed Pod, because this is the kind of stuff you get with go-again, but not with Jordan. Jordan would give you the real deal. But we do have a bunch of more degenerate conversation to have for the go-again which includes uh, such uh, deep cuts as uh, Brett the Hitman Heart and Yo-Yo Ma. And I'll tell you all about that on the Patreon exclusive go again. But uh, until then, Jordan, uh, the author of Possum Papers, formerly of Flesh and Pot, please let us know where we can get more of your musings and where can we get Possum Papers? Yeah, uh, you can read the Possum Papers on possumpapers.com. It's O-P-O-S-S-U-M papers.com uh i don't have a twitter i don't really do discord anymore like i've kind of quit the internet really so um possumpapers.com and you can sign up on the possumpapers.com just put your email in it's completely free and they'll send you like a an, a, a little email when i post something they go up typically on wednesdays uh, what's today when's tuesday yeah and they go up on wednesdays um and so yeah possumpapers.com please check it out also please check out flesh and pod uh, two of my best friends in the world run that show, and it's phenomenal. So you should go watch that too. But watch this first. Yeah, yeah. Watch, read the possum papers first, and then if you have spare time, listen to Instant Speed. And then if you're bored and like don't have any friends, you can listen to Flush of Pod. Yeah, I think that's yeah. how that show started. <laughs> I'm sorry. Damn. I'm so lucky. <laughs> it's opossum papers. Like it's suddenly like the the creature is Irish. I'm pretty sure that yeah, opossum, the way you're pronouncing it, is just the way that you spell possum. 
Uh, and but then it's, it's just pronounced possum. So it's O P O S S U M papers. Yes. Okay. Correct. Yeah. We figured yeah, it like, out. The O is just silent. Yeah. All right. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Jordan Kennedy uh, on an, uh, a nice episode of Instant Speed. I do appreciate you guys tuning in. To our sponsors, Kayfabe Cards. Go to kayfabecards.com for all your singles and sealed product for flesh and blood and beyond, as well as BCW Supplies. Go to bcwsupplies.com. Use the code ISP10. Get 10% off all of your orders to protect, store, and display all of your valuables. And, of course, to my lovely patrons. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for supporting me all the time. You guys are wicked cool. Uh, For myself and Jordan, don't forget you're not losing if you're learning. We'll see you next time on Instant Speed.